Meet the world's greatest escape artist as we review Mr. Miracle by Jack Kirby. Straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. In the 1970s, Jack Kirby jumped from Marvel to DC, although he would later go back to uh, Marvel later on in the 70s and write books such as Black Panther. During his run with DC, his greatest contribution is the so-called Fourth World stories. As Kirby created Apocalypse, New Genesis, Darkseid, and Mr. Miracle, who we'll be discussing today. Last year, as part of the Jack Kirby Centennial, a new edition of uh, Mr. Miracle by Jack Kirby was released, containing his entire 18-issue run on the character. So we'll go ahead and talk about the book. And we'll go through it first, issue by issue, and then I'll talk about it in general. Uh, Mr. Miracle number one... uh, kicks off with Thaddeus Brown as Mr. Miracle, the world's greatest escape artist, who has an assistant named Oberon. Uh, Scott Free just happens to come upon uh, Mr. Brown, and uh, they strike up a friendship with uh, Scott sticking around to help out. But Brown is uh, killed by the gangster uh, Steelhand. And uh, Free takes on the identity of Mr. Miracle and uh, gets Steelhand to agree to confess to uh, his involvement in shooting Thaddeus Brown if uh, Mr. Miracle escapes from the trap that is planned. Steelhand is one of those villains. He sounds like a Bond villain and literally has a steel hand. And of course, Mr. Miracle is able to prevail and... Scott Free is established as the new Mr. Miracle. And it's worth noting here that his origin on Apocalypse, none of that is discussed in this first issue. He's just a guy who stumbles by and has a talent for escape aided by his uh, technological aids. Mr. Miracle 2 begins to answer many of these questions. As uh, Granny Goodness is introduced in this story and is determined to recapture Scott Free and to uh, punish him. And so she sends her robot raiders after him and they uh, take Oberon. And uh, Mr. Miracle goes to uh, rescue Oberon and has to beat her robot, the Overlord. Issues 3 and 4 are important for Mr. Miracle as we see the introduction of Dr. Bedlam. And in his first story, Dr. Bedlam appears on Earth in a very cool scene involving things called animates, which look like robots, but one of them is chosen and slowly turns into Dr. Bedlam. Dr. Bedlam sets a trap for Scott and gets Scott to come up into a building and then releases 
something into the water that causes everyone in the building to go completely paranoid. And Scott's job is to make it out of the building alive, uh, which is a challenge given all of the people who are with everyone out to kill him. This also allows the introduction of Big Barda in issue four as she comes to uh, Scott's rescue. She is the leader of the female Furies and she is a recognized uh, commander in the armies of Apocalypse. So she's a trained soldier and she offers her assistance in getting Scott out and ends up teaming up with him. Uh, issue 5 finds Dr. Vunderbar uh, coming in with another uh, plot to uh, get Mr. Miracle. Uh, and we also get more on Barda. When she's not in her warrior dud, she's in a kind of a skimpy costume. But on her side clip, there's a stud that she presses and it actually goes ahead and instantly transforms her into her armor within microseconds. And it's a really nice touch and a really good sequence in here. Uh, the story also uh, launches the start of the young Scott Free stories as we get background on what his life was on Apocalypse and what led up to his uh, decision to leave. Issue 6 sees a promoter known as Funky Flashman come to uh, get uh, Mr. Miracle to sign up for him for a representation. And in the course of the conversation, Mr. Miracle reveals some of the secrets of his trade, including that uh, his powers come impartially from the mother box, which Funky Flashman makes off with, which is unfortunate for him because you see the female Furies who Big Barda commanded back on Apocalypse come to hunt down Scott and Barda However, Barda is able to defeat those that show up, and then the rest of them follow the Mother Box's signal, which leads them to Funky Flashman, which is a very unfortunate situation for him. This story really does actually see the first introduction of all the other Furies. And after this attack, uh, Scott decides it's time to go back to Apocalypse so that he can legitimately leave and not continue to be hunted. So he returns in issues 7 and 8 along with Big Barda, with uh, Barda being uh, reprimanded and sent back to her barracks, where she encounters the female Furies in a state of disorder. However, she's quickly able to bring them to heel as their leader, and then as their leader gets them to stage a rescue for Scott Free. Though Scott uh, doesn't need much rescuing, he was uh, trapped in a mental battle with a lump creature in the lump's mind. And it was thought to be impossible for him to prevail, but of course he's Mr. Miracle, and so he did. And Barda and Scott leave Apocalypse along with several female Furies. However, issue 9 doesn't pick up with what happens next. Instead, we get the conclusion of the young Scott Free story, and we find out uh, how Scott left being under Granny Goodness's control, and we learned it was through the influence of Hamon, a great escape artist and an inventor 
who helped uh, develop both the boom tube and the mother box. And it's the story of how he rescued Scott and how out of that encounter began the seed of Scott's rebellion and eventual decision to flee Apocalypse. And we also get to see how he and Big Barda met. It's probably my favorite issue in this book. Uh, it's just a great concept, good characters, and it also ties into the greater fourth world uh, story. Issue 10 sees Scott, Barda, and the Furies return to Earth, and they are captured by the World Protective Society under their leader, the Head, who is actually a head in a case of glass. Uh, that's kind of a precursor, I guess, to what the uh, new Batman animated adventures did with uh, Mr. Freeze. Um, issue 11, Miss, uh, Dr. Bedlam comes back. Issue 12 has uh, Mr. Miracle battling Mistavac, an alien robot who is able to give his opponent a death wish. Uh, issue 13, they are captured by King Komodo, uh, who was a tyrant who Ted Brown, uh, their new manager and the son of Thaddeus Brown, uh, was uh, captured by during the Korean War. And one thing I should note about Ted Brown, he was introduced back in, uh, uh, I believe, issue 9 or 10, uh, but he looks eerily like Don Blake. Don Blake, of course, is uh, the secret identity of Thor in the early days of the comic book, and he was drawn by Jack Kirby and... Uh, this um, Ted Brown ends up looking almost exactly like him. Issue 14 finds Mr. Miracle battling Madame Evil Eyes, uh, who is running a satanic cult in the middle of uh, nowhere uh, and uh, using mind control. Uh, issue 15, we meet Shiloh Norman. Uh, Shiloh is a black teenager who witnessed the murder of his brother and uh, the police want him protected so he can testify, so they bring him to Mr. Miracle. However, Shiloh is determined to track down his brother's killer, so he escapes and Barda and Scott have to go after him. Uh, this is kind of an introduction to Shiloh who uh, is able to track down the uh murderer and the gangster behind him, the black gangster, Mr. Fez. And at the end of the story, Shiloh joins Mr. Miracle as his uh, apprentice of sorts. Shiloh ends up in an insect world after he starts to see these giant insects that no one else can see. And some of his friends are captured, and so he goes there to rescue him. But this Professor Egg traps him by actually making him bigger and making his body so big it cannot escape from the tunnel he's in uh, without killing everybody in there including himself and his friends. And so uh, uh, Professor Egg does what any evil scientist would do and introduces a bug larvae uh, clone of Shiloh who comes forward ready to attack him. And this is all really fascinating, fun drawing, ruined by a cop-out ending. Uh, and when you look at a story like that, just imagine the biggest cop-out you could have and I think you'll be able to guess it without me spoiling it. 
Issue 17 finds Mr. Miracle, Barda, and Shiloh arriving at a hotel in the country uh, where they've broken down and uh, they need some help. And some mysterious hijinks uh, ensue, as typically happens in these stories when you stop at a mysterious hotel in the country. Issue 18 is Jack Kirby's final issue, and you see a return of all of the apocalypse villains, including Granny Goodness and even and uh, Doctor Bedlam, and a couple I didn't even mention, and they show up as do Oberon and Allfather and others from New Genesis, and Mister Miracle and Barda are married. It's an epic story, and it does feel like it's trying to bring things to a proper conclusion. I think the problem is that it's rushed. Uh, It does feel like Kirby was leaving the title and wanted to wrap things up, but he really struggled to get this into one issue. And the marriage between Barda and Scott wasn't something that was well set up. In many ways, it's kind of obvious to the readers that this is something that could or should happen, but it was never discussed by them, and they weren't really officially girlfriend-boyfriend. The only foundation is, I think, like in issue 13 or 14, Barda was asked about it, and she said she'd never thought about it. They try to lay some of the foundation in the story, but it is a bit rushed, but still epic and a lot of fun, and an ending that does tie into the fourth world stories. So, some overall thoughts just on the characters. Mr. Miracle is fun. He is brave to the point of foolhardiness, really willing to walk into any trap, uh, believing that he can get out of it. Um, I do think some of the escapology in the story is somewhat undermined in terms of us feeling a sense of risk or sense that Mr. Miracle has accomplished some great thing because he's using all of these uh, extra powerful alien technology to get the job done. Uh, and it seems to be like there's a gadget for everything. Uh, he loses his mother box later on in the book, but he is copied... Uh, the uh, circuits onto his hood so he's able to always have that function most of the time so it's not quite as impressive. Barda Barda is a great character uh, and I think you consider that she was introduced in 1972 and it's a really she's a really remarkable character. She is a very serious character. There are not really jokes at her expense uh, there might be an occasional almost Thor-like moment of a fish out of water, but those are few and far between. She is someone who is serious, someone who is competent. She's a natural-born leader. Uh, she's treated seriously as a soldier uh, within the context of the story. There is no real chip on her shoulder or over the topness. She's just wonderfully crafted. In many ways, she's like a uh, more traditional Amazon than Wonder Woman, but still with a bit of compassion as well as uh, just some very strong leadership skills and a keen mind. She does have some mixed loyalties. Uh, she, in her mind, and I think there are several times where it indicates that she is kind of separating uh, what Granny Goodness has done and acting like she is almost a rogue element 
and more concerned with herself than with loyalty to Darkseid, though that references to being loyal to Darkseid kind of fades towards the end of the book. Uh, Oberon is another great character. Uh, he's incredibly loyal, first to uh, Thaddeus Brown and then uh, to Scott Free. He's a good friend and an able, reliable uh, sidekick, kind of like Alfred. Uh, you know, he is uh, a little person, uh, and he's fun, but not in the sense of being a character that you laugh at or you mock because of his uh, stature. He's true-hearted and brave and really has the best interest of others at heart. Just a wonderful, wonderful character. Uh, and then you have uh, Shiloh Norman, and I, I think this character had a lot of potential. It was introduced towards the end of the book, uh, but you do have a early example of DC featuring a uh, black character and giving him some skills and some interest, as well as an opportunity to learn from an existing hero like Mr. Miracle. And he does show himself equal to a lot of tasks, and uh, it's a shame that there wasn't more of him in this book. Of course, there are some villains introduced. I think the big ones, Granny Goodness, her sort of malevolent, sick uh, way of doing things. Uh, you really do see the development, at least for the 1970s, in place for the character. The Furies were fun, uh, but they were in some ways less of a threat. They were quite dysfunctional in their relationship and easily swayed. What happens with the Furies in this story is very different than the previous version of the Furies that I'd seen, well, for years later, in Superman the Animated Series. In that series, the Furies uh, went after Scott and Barda and never relented. They remained loyal always to Granny Goodness and to Apocalypse and Darkseid. Kirby opted to have them follow Barda, which showed the strength of Barda's leadership skills, but really presented a problem when it came to writing comics with them. Because they were there were so many of them, you couldn't always have them around. You would need a major, major threat for them all to be needed and necessary, and even then they would be crowding out other characters. This wasn't really a book that... Uh, was designed to suit that many characters. And so they were around sometimes, and then other times they weren't around. Still, the designs for the characters and their powers and some of the personalities were pretty well thought out, and that does make them uh, enjoyable. The art in this book is excellent. Of course, Jack Kirby is one of the legend of comic art and is uh, in close to top form here. I don't think he's quite as good as he was when he was working at Marvel in the 60s, but there's still a lot of great... Uh, imaginative ideas, great designs for characters and structures. He's still a very talented artist at this point in the 1970s. As for the stories, there are some really interesting ones, and I don't think there's really a bad one in the story other than the one that has the cop-out ending. And even that one, um, I kind of enjoyed right up until the end. But some storylines would be repetitive. Apocalypse bad guy sends 
X after Scott. Scott is, is trapped. Scott escapes X. Rants repeat. Uh, beyond that, when he was not dealing with Apocalypse, Jack Kirby really did fall back on either his love of high-concept science fiction, like with a robot that could give you a death wish, or with uh, kind of pulp fiction ideas, uh, stuff like Madame Evil Eyes. This book also does give a clue, I think, to one of the great controversies in comics, because there is a debate about how much of the uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby uh, collaborations were Stan Lee's ideas and how much were Jack Kirby. And looking at these stories, you get an idea of the type of ideas that Kirby comes up with on his own. They are uh, generally either high uh, concept science fiction or they're really strongly pulp fiction ideas uh, that tend to be a little bit out there. And with some pulp fiction names like uh, Steel Hand and Mr. Fez, I could easily imagine Kirby coming up with the idea of Galactus or co at least coming up with the name of Dr. Doom. And certainly, Pacepot Pete, the original name of the Trapster, I'm willing to bet Jack Kirby came up with that too. Overall, this is a really fun book. It ties into the Fourth World uh, Saga, but it really can be read on its own. It has some fun characters and designs, some ideas that are still in the DC Universe to this day, as well as some really good art by one of the masters of the genre. So I will give uh, Mr. Miracle by Jack Kirby a rating of classy. That's all for today. If you have a comment, send it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at classycomicsguy. And be sure to rate the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. I'm signing off.